we all need money, um, not only to to enjoy life, but even to to survive. So, um, you know, have a look at the bigger picture. Why do you do what you want to do? Know the basics first. What does the word freedom mean to you? Only you can define it in your life and only you can decide to build the life of freedom and fulfillment you deserve. This is Freedom Mindset Radio. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante, and we're grateful you're here. We have Dr. Natalia Vihovsky uh, today, and the, the doctor is from her PhD, uh, <laughs> but for purposes of me not screwing everything up, and as you can see from the background, uh, Natalia and Think Natalia is the brand. And your, your glasses, by the way, I don't know if you've seen my logo, your glasses actually could be on my logo or, or my yeah. beard in my logo almost has the same color, so. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. This is awesome. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really look forward to our conversation. Yeah, we, we've we've never actually spoke before, spoken before, but we've kind of floated around LinkedIn posts and comments and all that. Yeah. And um, uh, I had um, earlier, well, last year, I had Dr. Josh Luke on, who yeah. I know that you know, and you both have something in common that you have edutainer in, exactly. in your titles. So uh, I'd love to talk more about that. But this is, this is, you know, the name of the podcast is the Freedom Club Podcast. And what it's about is we have a lot of business owners here, but we also have people in a corporate nine to five who mm-hmm. maybe are seeking freedom. You know, a lot of people jump from nine to five. And I, I, I definitely want to talk about your story because you had this, this epiphany and this journey where people want to jump to a life of freedom. Now, you can do that within your current job, but some people want to break free, start their own business. Um, and to do that and to be successful, uh, obviously branding is a big part of that. And yeah. I get a lot of questions. We did a poll in our Facebook group about the number of you know different topics you'd like to see more of or discuss more in the group next year. And personal branding was number one by far. Um, oh, yeah, thank yeah. You. Thank you for choosing so me for this topic then. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's awesome. So, um, but the first question I, I always like to ask, it's the only kind of really set question, is the word freedom. And what does that word mean to you? Freedom is very closely connected to independence for me, which means being not dependent, not dependent on other people. Um, for me, it is. Uh, it means that I can do almost whatever I want with my time, um, and that um, yeah, not only time. I think it's also. Because there's so much freedom, there's emotional freedom, there's financial freedom, there's spiritual freedom. Um, so I think it's a very diverse uh, term for me that goes into the inner world, but also in the materialistic world. So it's an inside outside thing. But I guess mainly time and money are the first two things that I would associate with it. Got it. Got it. And, and you, um, you had a journey and I love in, in your LinkedIn profile, you talk about this and the link between personal branding and living a life of freedom and having the ability to do what you want and experience those things by building your brand. And I love that you list in your resume sabbatical because it seems like that sabbatical obviously had a huge change in your life where you had worked for some major brands, uh, working for them, corporate, and then you had this epiphany. So could you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, sure. So I, I've studied social science. And when you do that, there is not the job waiting for you out there. So you could end up in marketing, you could end up in um, HR, you could end up working somewhere, I don't know, for, for a party, for, for anything, doing pro bono work. So um, my first job found me and I decided to take it. It was in the educational sector um, and working for government. I did that three and a half years. And then I realized, ah, let's try the private sector. Amazing. Let's try marketing. Fantastic. Did that. Also realized, nah, not really my thing. What's the next thing? But this was when I was on a, on a how can I say that, where everything in my life changed in a way that people started to say, oh, Natalia, you made it. You're so successful. Uh, you're amazing. You're always positive. I mean, wow, you made it. Um, and I was 29 at that time. And I was highly confused because people perceived me as successful and very positive, but I had access to my mind and to my insecurities. And I was not happy. I was not successful. I was continuously sick. I was consuming like a crazy person. Um, I was beating myself up emotionally to an extent where I literally ended up in hospital once, twice per month, and no doctor could find a solution. Um, so, you know, this went on for a while until somehow mysteriously, um, I, I realized to see signals. So one signal was a, a message somewhere on, on Facebook or post which said the pain that you're going through is self-created. And I was like, ouch, <laughs> oops, what does that even mean? I don't get it, but it feels really deep. Um, or another thing was, um, be the change that you want to see in the world. And I thought, Ah, that explains why I feel like a wasted, useless resource, wasting everything I've ever learned in my time and that stupid job that doesn't add value. So this was the point where I realized, apparently it's the time, the right time to, you know, hit the stop button or the reset button, um, go on a sabbatical, forget everything that I've ever learned, question everything that I've ever learned and change the way how I think, speak, act, eat, consume, change the people in my life and start forgiving and forgetting and figuring out why I'm here on this planet. Because if I continue like this, there's no way. I, I mean, <laughs> I need to be so much pain. I hope this answers your question. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. And, and you brought up, you know, success and people thought you were successful. And it's as much as people like to share motivational memes and things and gifts and, and, or gifs, however you pronounce it, uh, on Facebook. Um, I think we still need to perhaps redefine what success means because people thought you were outwardly successful. You may have on a surface level thought, well, I'm successful, right? Or you, yeah. people associate that with paycheck or, or whatever, uh, yeah. or status or title. Mm. Um, but I, you know, you came to the realization that, uh, maybe you had to redefine that. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't know where to start. And that, that whole thing just freaked, I mean, scared the hell out of me because, um, it meant that everything, the foundation, the, the values, the, the safe bubble that I've created for myself, this illusion of control was all massively challenged. And, uh, I had no clue in which direction I go. It was literally like Alice, you know, falling down the, the rabbit hole. <laughs> it's like, ah, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, how, how long did it, you know, Tony Robbins talks about, um, 
you know, real change occurring when the pain of not changing becomes greater than the change of, you know, the status quo. How long did it take you for that pain to reach that threshold where you were finally like, I got to change now? Um, I think the first big like massive moment where I realized what on earth am I doing with my life was at the age of 23. Um, and I changed a few things, but I didn't have the courage to, to really dig deeper and to figure out what it is that I want to do. I, I was at that stage, I was still thinking I want too much. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm different because I'm not the real German. You know, I have this Polish roots from my parents. Hmm. Maybe that's because I'm a mix or maybe it's because I'm young or maybe or whatever. I was telling myself all of these stupid nonsense lies just to uh, you know distract from it continue um going towards the direction which i thought i had to do because everybody else was doing it so it must be right um so i guess i needed uh huh six years <laughs> yeah ouch yeah. yeah yeah no it's it it's and i you know i run across people every week who refuse to make the change. You know, they'll sign up for a discovery call. They'll say, this is for me. And then they just disappear. Um, and, and you can tell that they, uh, or even people who jump into my coaching program, we just ask if you had a magic wand, you know, what kind of life would you want to live? And they feel like they need permission from someone else, even to write that down on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so you mentioned it's interesting about your thoughts about, I'm not a real German, uh, you know, at Polish roots. A lot, a lot of times thoughts come in our head because of things we've heard from other people or external. Uh, is that something you had to deal with externally? Uh, or pe- is people kind of making you feel that way and saying that? Yeah, I mean, I, um, my parents come both from Poland and I spoke Polish until kindergarten. And then in kindergarten, I learned um, the German language. So... I mean, until now, I can swap between both roles. Like I'm a German, I'm a Polish, although my Polish isn't that good nowadays because I don't use it that often. (laughs) So I very quickly understood that um, there are two cultures and two different ways of looking at life, looking at work, looking at family, looking at religion, looking at humor. and I, I always gave my best to, to find the balance for myself, but to play the role whenever I needed to play a specific role to reach my targets. Because, hmm. I don't know, I think from a very young age, I understood that somehow life is a stage and we need to play these roles uh, to a specific um, extent. Um, but yeah, I'm a person, um, I think because of my Polish upbringing, I've been raised in a way that I always listen to authority and I always used to listen to authority and I always used to uh, listen to the advice of all the people because they're more mature they've been there so it makes sense so yes listening to all of these guidelines um, and advice is fantastic but I never had the courage to to pause after that and to figure out what it means to me if that is true to me to find my own answer and this is what I taught myself during that sabbatical Interesting. It's, um, and you talk about purpose and kind of linking that purpose with between your personal brand and your purpose and finding that I had a, I did a course last year called your purpose is your brand. Uh, just based on my own personal 
uh, belief that a lot of people try to put forth a brand that just is BS or what they think it should be. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I get made fun of sometimes I wear the superhero shirts, you know, it's, it's yeah, funny. I started growing my beard two years ago for uh, Movember and okay. the more people or relatives would say they didn't like the beard. It was kind of like, nope, it's getting longer. The more you tell me you don't like it. And so I, I really had to adopt yeah. that mindset. You know, like you said, <laughs> you said, like, I don't listen to it. I used to listen to authority more. Um, so I want to talk about that more. But, but first, real quick, it, you know, t- speaking of your journey, uh, Polish roots growing up in Germany, how did you end up in Dubai? How did I end up in Dubai? So I was, when I was studying, I was on the highest level of my dancing career. Um, So I was dancing, you know, German championships, world championships, European championships as a soloist in a group. Um, And I was told, again, I was told that I need (laughs) to have international experience if I want to make it and be successful. Uh, Especially as a German, our English, you know, usually isn't that good. So you need to work abroad somewhere. So some of my friends, they did that while they studied. you know, they, uh, they went abroad for a semester, trimester, whatever, and they came back and they came back full of debts. Um, and when I asked them, what did you learn? They said, oh, I was dating, I was clubbing. And I was like, that's against my core values. And I don't want to kill dancing for that. And I hate myself if I go abroad right now, say no to so many things that are important to me, to stuff that I don't believe in. And I just do that for my CV, forget it. So um, I made the active decision that I continue dancing continue studying. And then the first job that I get will be abroad. That was what I decided. And that's what I told the universe. And I said, I don't care how you just do it. That's not my problem. And that's exactly what happened. So I was writing my, um, my, on my master thesis and then, um, a very good friend of mine, he got the, uh, the information that there is a project in the UAE. He was part of it. Um, and he said, listen, we cannot fill this one vacancy. And I think it has your name on it. You know, have a look at it. If you think, uh, uh, it's worth applying. Um, I can send you um, a description of it. And then if there's anything else I can help you with, I'll definitely, you know, support you. And boom, that's exactly what happened. Wow. Wow. So it's um, the, 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 during the sabbatical and kind of discovering your purpose, is it, you know, there's, there's some people who, when I work with them, they can kind of come up with their vision statement for their life that combines their purpose and the impact they want to make pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. I actually, I had one client who said, you know, you make it very easy for us to define our vision statement, but uh, not necessarily, it's harder work to define one. He said that, that I would be happy to tattoo on my chest. (laughs) That's what he said, you know, but then other people take months. It took me like when I really started working at it, it took me months to come up with mine. Um, How did that process work for you? since you were kind of figuring it out as you went, right? Mm, it was painful, it was messy, and it took forever <laughs> because I did it on my own. I didn't ask for professional help. Um, so for me, it was literally, first of all, literally cleansing, detoxing. That was the first step. And then once I was somehow in the mindset of allowing new things, um, then I started reading more about social media. I read about, uh, you know, successful people out there. And I read about these, all this, this interesting jobs that I never knew you know, existed until I really understood that my dream job doesn't exist unless I create it. Mm which was exciting, but then again, terrifying because now 
I already, you know, there was nothing what I can hold or stick to. And now I even got rid of even more stability because it means that the world is your oyster. You get what you decide on. You get what you work on. Like nobody's going to do that work for you. Nobody's going to tell you what you do, how you do that. You all need to define that. And I was like, Ugh. so um, I, at a certain stage, I just literally created a list with things that I always wanted to do. And I did them bit by bit. So um, I started writing or blogging because, um, you know, writing for a PhD thesis was very boring and it was academic and you cannot swear and you cannot be sarcastic. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I need, you know, I need to express myself. Sure. So blogging was awesome. Um, I also started, you know, um, taking pictures and being an influencer. I wanted to see what that actually means. Uh, played a little bit with Instagram. Um, I started public speaking. Um, I always liked people and I, um, you know, literally failed myself up there. And I realized that, well, apparently what I do, um, what I'm good at is listening um, and then explaining things to people in a way that helps them. And it's also about marketing other people or the way how they present themselves. So it's a mix out of that. And I just love making people laugh and I love to spread knowledge. So this is when the edutainer came in. So it's a mix between education and entertainment. So I'm this clown. I, I have this thing in me. I need to play with one voice. I need to do crazy things with my, uh, with my face. I'm very expressive. I cannot be serious. It drives me insane. Um, and that, it needs to get out of my system. But on the other side, I want to teach people. So this is when I somehow realized, you know, I want to, I want to edutain people and, and the best way, at least for this life phase is through teaching people how to market themselves. Um, do I want to do that forever? I'm not sure. What I know is I want to make people think and laugh and it might, the outlet or the way how I do that over the years might change. That's how I would see it. Hey, what's up, fellow freedom fighters? Listen, are you in operations in the C-suite and human resources? Hell, are you anyone who's interested in building a team of superheroes? Well, guess what? I got a treat for you. We launched my latest podcast. It's called Team of Superheroes. We talk about employee engagement. We talk about leadership. You know what? Instead of putting warm butts in seats and trying to engage them podcast teaches you how and empowers you to empower your individual team members to unleash their unique superpowers to achieve key outcomes. They're more fulfilled, which means they're more engaged, which means they're more productive, which means they and you are more profitable. Go and check out the Team of Superheroes podcast here on iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you over there. If one thing that you said that's just so powerful and so true is if what, if what I want to do, what I really want to do isn't out there, then I have to create it. Mm. And as you work with folks who may have to come to that realization, how do you find they react to that knowledge and how can you help them get over the hump of, no, I'm in this box. I've been in sales for 20 years. I'm only a salesperson uh, to, to get out of that hump and to, to go create something. Mm, good question. So I usually also give them, you know, one exercise to start with, well, how does your perfect morning look like? 
Um, and then they're like, I don't know. I was like, but if you knew, oh, well, it's like, I don't know it. I'm not you. I don't have your values. Like, do you want to wake up next to a guy or a girl or a cat? Do you want to wake up on your own? <laughs> what do you want to see? Like, do you clap twice? And then, you know, the blinds open. Do you have to press a button? Is there music? Do you have a DJ in your living room? What do you want to eat? Do you start with meditation? Like, tell me, because I think it's important and you need to allow yourself that. So um, I pushed them to do these funny exercises. Um, but if I realized that they, they don't sit down, they cannot do that, then I tell them to work with an expert on this matter, which is usually literally a, a life coach, because then it goes literally into limiting beliefs. And I know a lot about it, but I'm not the specialist on eliminating wrong beliefs or traumas. In the area of social media, personal branding, content strategy, yes, but not when it comes to um, what am I allowing myself in life? That goes to something deeper um, that I'm not qualified to fix. But the majority of people that I work with, work with life coaches and career coaches before, and then they come to me and then they start working with me. Excellent. Yeah. It, it's, there's a lot of folks I feel who, um, and I had a PR and ad agency for 13 years and it was the same thing there as I see now sometimes, which is, you know, I do a lot of videos on LinkedIn and right. And the number one question is, um, it's about tools or tactics. Mm. You know, what kind of camera do you use? What type of this do you use? What type of that do you use? I'm like, don't just forget about that. You know, um, My smartphone. <laughs> focus on what you want to say, focus on what, cause I see people who do videos that put me to sleep. Um, and <laughs> like, well, it's not that video's not working. It's that some other fundamental things aren't working. Um, you, uh, talk about that, you know, LinkedIn, that there were several viral articles, things that mm -hmm. went viral. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy when some people think personal branding, they might think of like Kim Kardashian or, you know, certain things on Instagram or other things. And they, they get, I think they confuse it with the tools of, well, it's just Instagram or it's just Facebook or it's just this. Um, or uh, vanity, they get caught up in vanity metrics. And it's oh, like, yeah. well, I can't build my personal brand unless I get 140,000 followers. Exactly. Um, how do you combat <laughs> that? And, and, and what do you tell folks who get so hung up on that? And maybe they do it. They, they do videos for two weeks and they're like, this isn't working. And then they throw it out. Oh, really? <laughs> Have you ever seen any athlete who turned into a world champion in two weeks? I haven't. Same <laughs> happens with singers, you know, Mariah Carey, or I don't know. Uh, Whitney Houston or Beyonce, they also, you know, they trained for years until they got there. Um, I usually go back to, could you please explain personal branding to me? Because I'm not sure if we're talking about the same thing. Hmm. And then they're like, oh yeah, no, 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 you explain me what personal branding means. And this is then when I change the perception of, of that term, because I think it's um, used very often and a lot of people who are not personal branding experts also talk about it. It's like with motivation. Everybody talks about motivation today, although they're not motivation speakers. The same happened to personal branding. So I think there's a lot of confusion around the term. And I always say personal branding is self-marketing. Um, some people also call it impression management. 
see it as your life or career insurance. So no matter what happens, you can always fall back on your personal brand if you've done the homework. And in the end, personal branding is about understanding who you are, what is important to you, what you're the expert in, what you have to offer, why people should work with you, how you want to make people feel, um, what you're going to talk about, how you're going to help the world, make it a better place, how you're going to walk and talk and dress. This is a you know very a rough idea of what personal branding is. And uh, you, you don't need to create viral content when you don't know what your values are that does that will not work i mean content in the end is just a tool to transport your um your message uh, to generate leads and to build a business on what you do because in the majority of cases the people that i work with they didn't marry rich their parents aren't rich and we live in a society which is you know based on um on economic uh, on capitalist principles so we all need money um, not only to to enjoy life but even to to survive so um you know have a look at the bigger picture why do you do what you want to do know the basics first in one of your the list of things that are that make up personal branding one that you said uh, that stuck out to me was how you make people feel Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was working in politics, you know, there were people who just shared statistics and then there were people who shared stories or narratives to make you to, to break, build that emotional bridge. And when I started out uh, coaching, because I had my agency and then I shut it down at peak revenue because I hated it. I was just unfulfilled and I had been coaching as a side hustle. And so I moved that up. I'm like, no, that's what I want to do. So I started making mm-hmm. videos and for like two months, it was, I was talking about my program. I was talking about me. I was talking about certain things and it was kind of crickets. And someone suggested me, no, talk about the outcomes. Talk about the, the, the challenges you went to, through. Talk about how someone's going to feel after working. And as soon as I made that switch, three clients the first week. Boom. Amazing. And, <laughs> you know, one question I got, and I, and I think he might even be here watching, but we at our, at our LinkedIn local here, the last one we had, Someone asked, he's, uh, he sells insurance. Mm-hmm. And his question was, well, how do I go about making videos? Because what I do is boring. And like what you do, you have fun and you coach. Um, and I won't say what I told him, but what would you say to someone like that? Like I'm selling insurance. I'm an accountant. I'm an attorney. How do I build a personal brand about something that's quote unquote boring? Well, what would you have to do to make it interesting? That would be the first thing. Or why do you think it's boring? And if it's boring, then, you know, it might be time for some change. Maybe that's not the right job, just to say. <laughs> um, but you can make everything interesting by putting yourself into the shoes of your audience. I mean, we all need to sell somehow. Um, so in an ideal world, you always have a customer avatar. So it could be Tony, 42, uh, married, two children, lives in uh, North America, loves, I don't know, American football and uh, food, right? That's the avatar. So when you create content, make it in a way that it's appealing to Tony. Use examples out of Tony's life, speak Tony's language, and talk about Tony's problems, but not in a way that you that you intimidate and, and scare Tony, 
but empower him instead. You know, speak, um, talk about a challenge that he has in his everyday life and he'll feel, yes, exactly. Just the same thing that I, that I'm going through every day. And then you, you know, you have your second or your third sentence and then Tony's like, yeah, that's, yeah. So what should I do? What's your solution? Then you come up with a solution, like a hint of a solution. Uh, and then you come up with a call, call to action or question. So you engage people and this is again, what content is all about is about helping people bit by bit or empowering them, um, sharing information with them, making them think, laugh, depending on how you want to make people feel. But in majority of cases, people want to either inspire, empower, or make people feel more beautiful or being heard. Like these are the core feelings that, that people want to like trigger, um, yeah, to make an impact and also to generate leads. I mean, that's the truth. Sure, sure. And as you talk about emotion and, and making people feel a certain way, um, uh, Sam Ellingwood, who is a member of the Facebook community, I think he just joined. He, as soon as he saw that you were going to be on, he said, you gotta ask, please ask her this question. So the lead up okay. to that is, uh, so I went to the University of Iowa and uh, their former coach was a psychology major in college. And mm. what he did was he read somewhere that the color pink had a very soothing, relaxing tone. And so he painted the visitor's locker room pink. And it's been that way for 30 years to kind of calm them down and keep them from doing it. I also remember seeing a study, man, this was like 30 years ago though, I remember seeing it, that it was a study amongst uh, American football teams and the colors they wore. And mm -hmm. those football teams that wore black were penalized more. They played a little more dirty. And it was just that, that feeling of color. So Sam's question was, please ask her about color because you talk about color. Obviously, yeah. I can see you right now. I can see certainly the blue standing out. Um, where is the, what's the link between color and personal branding and emotions and, and the feels? <laughs> mm, I, um, I ran into a lady the, oh, who was that? One and a half years ago, I think she called herself or calls herself a color psychologist. And I didn't know that something like color psychology existed, but then I researched a little bit more about it. And I also realized that big companies use the same tools and techniques and um, and elements. Apparently, it's like that, that certain colors subconsciously trigger certain feelings and moods in us. That's, for example, the reason why everything that is fast food is always in a red color because we cannot stand red. That means if you want to make sure that a person doesn't stay long at your place, turn it into red, you know, paint uh -oh. the walls red. I'm wearing a red shirt. I'm everyone. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's also interesting because red also stands for passion. So it's always, there's always a positive and a negative aspect of it. Blue, for example, stands for, um, for truth, for expressing yourself, for um, trust um, and um, everything in that creative area. So you, and for communication. So that's why you'll see that a lot of um, social media brands like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, it's all blue because it's about communication is about expressing it's about trust um so it makes sense to google color psychology or what are colors used in used for in branding and then based on that also use these colors for your own logo but also when um you know in the way how you dress so um 
I know, for example, that the color black, as you mentioned it, it really lowers your energy. So when I wake up and I'm hyper energetic and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I'm so excited. And I have a meeting with a group of, uh, let's say, five men and they're very conservative and they are in their 60s. Um, and I will be the only woman in that room. I need to wear black or a very dark, dark blue because when I show up there in yellow, I will be all over the place. So black will get my energy level down and I will be able to communicate with them in a way and, you know, get the right signals out that they will see me as an authority. While when I speak, for example, to students and I know that they are hyper um, and I have 200 or 300 of them in a room, I would go for either a yellow if it's more about fun or I would go for a green tone when it's when it comes from the heart when the message really comes you know deep down um of the heart and people feel that and people sense that and I think we're intuitively super intelligent and we know that but we are very we're not aware of it in a majority of cases so it makes sense to read a little bit about it and experiment with it and based on your mood you will also pick different colors i mean observe yourself the next time when you stand in front of your closet how do i feel which color am i grabbing what does it say about me do i feel hyper okay let's tone it down do i feel negative okay let's just use a brighter color because it will raise your mood and your vibration sounds a little bit crazy but works perfectly for me and my work Interesting. You know, whether, whether it's color or, or something else regarding personal branding and emotion and, and feel, do you notice huge swings or differences between, for instance, the Middle East or Germany or the U.S.? in terms of how these things work or is it universal? I think it's universal. I mean, um, that's why I guess when you think about nature, I mean, we all know it's green. I mean, McDonald's changed its uh, logo, for example, from red to green in, in Europe a few years ago because mm. they don't want to be perceived as that fast food unhealthy thing anymore. And they added a little bit of lettuce and two slices of apple into their menu and now they're so green and healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against McDonald's. Uh, I don't eat there anymore, but you know, people should do whatever they makes them, whatever makes them happy. Um, I think when it comes to colors, um, there is a universal language that we know. We know that black and gold is something luxurious. Uh, purple is somehow royal. Um, yeah, so uh, it makes sense to, to you know to figure it out, play with it, experiment with it, and uh, see what works for you and your business and brand. So the final question before we, we get, I know we have some people online that might have some questions here, but so let's say I'm a business owner. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm about a year into my business mm -hmm. and things just aren't clicking. You know, mm -hmm. I've tried throwing some stuff up on Facebook. I've tried some videos. I've tried some whatever and nothing, I'm not getting anything in terms of sales, uh, creating buzz, anything like that. What are, you know, a few nuggets of advice that you would give me where to start? Other than hiring you, of course, but. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best option. Um, I think it makes sense to sit down and go through the maybe painful process of understanding, do I do things because I wanna feel busy um, or do I make things because they make sense? So first of all, when it comes to social media, I always say start with one platform. Don't be on Facebook and on Twitter, on Snapchat, blah, blah, blah. blah. 
especially when you don't have other, um, you know, employees or interns or people who can help you with that, start with one platform, the platform where you find your customer avatar, the person that buys the most. Then next thing is also a lot of people have different avatars, so they need to have different messages. Forget about that. Just focus on that one person with that one message and also ask yourself, what is your best selling service? Because a lot of people have this and this and this and this and they experiment with that. And I did that as well in the beginning, but I did everything in just a little bit. So I, I tested it and then I killed and eliminated everything that, that doesn't make me money that I love. Okay. Nice. It's a hobby. Let's focus on, you know, where, where the money goes. Um, and and ask yourself why you're not making money. Is it because your messaging is unclear? Is it because you don't get content out there? Is it because you don't make enough calls? Is it because you cannot close calls? If you cannot close deals, then maybe hire somebody who does that small bit for you. Because um, in the end, you know, it's it's about uh, getting your brand out there, creating that brand, doing the marketing, but then the, the closing thing is the sales part. And this is something Something that nobody ever teaches us and it's still um, a big fear because a lot of people don't want to be salesy and what that they actually mean and da 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 or they're too shy to sell their services so um, yeah I would say figure out where you're wasting time focus on one thing know if you're able to close and if not then hire somebody who will help you with that I love it. I love it. Yeah. Cause I, I see a lot of people say, well, I have to, I'm supposed to be on Instagram and they'll spend a ton of time on Instagram and they'll just keep, even after six months or a year, if nothing's happening, they'll just keep doing it. And it's like, why? Well, cause I'm supposed to be there. So I love that advice about, you know, figure out where you're getting the results and focus there, which is, which is excellent. Mm-hmm.